Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Marty Stanley. She's the president of Dynamic Dialogue, and Marty is an author, a national speaker. She's a consultant and an executive coach, and she does that both with individuals as well as with organizations to help them bring about change and effectiveness. Marty's latest book is From Type A to Type T, How to Be a Transformational Leader, in a bottom line world. Now that is on the heels of her first book, which was Get Out of Bed, B-E-D, and that's Blame, Excuses, and Denial. Change Your Outlook, Alter Your Outcomes. I absolutely love that title. And in addition, Marty's articles have appeared in hundreds of national and international business and trade publications. She's been an individual consultant for more than 15 years, and her guidance and wisdom have helped her clients create cultures of accountability that are successful, rewarding, and profitable. She has a very long history in both corporate and in the the small business and entrepreneurial world, and we're just very happy to have her here today as a guest on our show to talk about her new book, From Type A to Type T. Welcome to the show today, Marty. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. Let's talk a little bit about the book. As I said, you have uh, your second book out. It's called From Type A to Type T, How to Be a Transformational Leader in a Bottom Line World. And, and we all know that bottom line world mentality if we're in business. Why, why now? What is the reason why you decided this was a good time to write and release this particular book? That's a great question, Kelly, because when I think back, 2008 was a really watershed year. And it was a watershed year because that's when the financial recession started. And think back just seven years ago, how many things have changed since 2008? Not just due to the recession. I mean, multiple industries have gone out of business. But think of all the other things that have changed. How many people had a Twitter account in 2007? Or um, all the all the social media, um, Gen Y. How many Gen Ys were in the workplace? None, really. So we have technology changes. We have um, uh, generational changes. We have new industries that have cropped up. We have industries that have gone away. And all of those things combined uh, really have changed the way people are not only leading, but also managing businesses. We're way more global than we were even just seven or eight years ago. So everything has changed. And if people and organizations are operating the way they did seven or eight years ago, they're going to be left by the wayside. Oh, they probably are already in the midst of that, and they don't even know it. Exactly, exactly. Right. Now, let's talk about the title of your book, From Type A to Type T, Entrepreneurs in Particular, Um, High-level executives are known for their Mm -hmm. hard-charging, very type A personalities. Mm -hmm. And so what what do you mean when you say from type A to type T? What are you trying to convey there? Exactly. Type A is what we know is that uh, logical, analytical, hard-driving, bottom-line thinking. It's more of a linear thinker. And what I'm suggesting is because of all the changes that have taken place in the last six to eight years, that type of thinking is not going to help organizations succeed in the future. 
um, particularly with the millennials coming into the workplace, they're not going to take the top-down approach from a leader anymore. They want inclusion. They want participation. Um, we are the type T leader is stands for transformational. Transformational leaders are going to be more inclusive. They're going to be more empowering. They're going to be more uh, looking out for the good of the whole. Some people might say that the type A leader is more of a masculine approach, uh, that logical and analytical driving that we grew up on. And the type T is more of the feminine style, where we're integrating the two, uh, integrating that inclusion, integrating the collaboration um, making sure there's diversity, looking out for the good of the whole, not looking at the quarterly results, but looking at the long term. When you talk about transforming from the type A to type T, who, who is this book written for? Is it for all leaders? Do you think that it's possible for most people in leadership, and I put that in quotation marks, leadership positions within organizations to make that transformation, or, or is it just for certain people? That's that's a really good question, and I think the best way to answer that is, no, this book is not for everybody. People will continue to lead the way they normally lead or live the way they live until they find it doesn't work anymore. People aren't willing to change. Now, pain becomes great enough. Exactly, exactly. So the book, I, I originally wrote the book thinking that it was going to be geared more for people who are over age 45, People who have gotten to a point in their career where they might have reached the position they always wanted to be in, and they get there and they think, this is it. How come I'm not happy? Mm. I've had a lot of clients, individual coaching clients, who could be executives in organizations, and they're saying, you know what? On the surface, my life looks great. I'm in a great job. I'm making great money. I've got a good life, but I'm not happy. I'm not happy. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. And there really isn't anything wrong. It's just that the traditional structures, uh, organizational structures, aren't meeting their needs anymore. And that's that bottom line thinking. People get to a point where they think, I'm in a place where I can make a difference in an organization, but the, the organizational structures and, structures and roles and confines prevent people from really making a bit difference in a big way. And unless that organizational leader, that CEO, is um, on a transformational path by herself or himself. So it really is uh, not a book for everybody. It's for somebody who is looking at what's next in their life. How can I make a bigger difference in the world? And doing what's for the good of the whole, not just for me. Okay, let's say somebody has this book in their hands. And they're not the, the final decision maker, though, that they mm -hmm. work for somebody or the CEO of the organization mm -hmm. has created a culture where some of the things that they want to introduce or the leadership style that they want to implement moving forward clashes with the culture that has already been created. How, how would somebody work through that? Okay, there are two ways we can approach that. First of all, the first half of the book is really on the personal side of change. So organizational leaders can't change organizations until they're really comfortable in their own skin with where they're headed. And this can take many years for people to transition from that type A to the type T leadership. Mm -hmm. So the first half of the book is about you as an individual. The second half of the book is geared more for the organizational side. So for those people who say, 
I want to bring a new way of leadership into an organization. Now, this could be for a for-profit company. It could be nonprofit. It could be an association. It could be as a volunteer. Um, all of these concepts can be applied in any one of those settings. But if, for example, like you said, maybe they're in an organization that doesn't support that kind of um, transformation, Actually, there are a lot of examples in the book that I've used with clients where it might be on a departmental basis. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, de- a department head said, you know what, I want to really blow the roof off what's going on in my department, get my employees involved, get them engaged, uh, really raise our uh, raise the bar on how we're delivering service and having empowerment and all of that. So it can be done on a par- departmental level as well or a unit level. Mm-hmm. When you're out speaking, uh, as I said in the introduction, you speak all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you work with organizations from small to large, uh, very large corporations. What are you seeing in terms of of needs, leadership needs? I, I'm assuming that the book not only was was born out of what you observed about the recession and how it transformed companies, and but I, I'm assuming too that you're interfacing with so many of these different people and you're hearing things about leadership and about their needs. What, what are some of the greatest leadership needs that you're, you're hearing from people that you work with? Wow. Um, that's a great question. I've got to think about how I want to answer that because it really comes down to many of our leaders uh, in large and small organizations, whether I'm speaking at conferences or, or within um, within companies for their professional development programs, people are searching for more meaning. They want more meaning in their lives, and then they also want to have a, a vision of the future. So I think that's what might be lacking in many organizations, is having that sense of purpose, that vision that they can uh, be part of, that they can feel like they're contributing and that they can be part of something bigger than themselves. So whether the person is a leader or an individual contributor, the overwhelming thing that I think I've heard people talk about, you always hear the term of employee engagement. Yes. Well, you know what? Employee engagement means you have to have a vision and a vision that's compelling and in a vision that's inclusionary and something that can't be done just by one person. And being able to create that vision and share it and have it be compelling enough so that people go, wow, I want to be part of this. That's what I think is missing in so many organizations today. And that's a result, in my opinion, of that type A leader. Because the type A leader is going to be more egocentric. It's all about me. I want to get these quarterly results. I want to get my bonus. I want to get the shareholder dividends. I want, and it's all short term and not necessarily looking at how can other people be part of creating something great and participating in that. It's, it's interesting how you talked about employee engagement there because uh, so many of the studies you see on employee retention mm-hmm. and employee happiness within the organization always come back to managers and executives think that the number one thing is compensation is pay that that's what matters the most Mm -hmm. but it always comes out that when when the employees answer that those questions it's just what you described it's the employee engagement it's it's feeling uh, like there's a purpose like they're needed and being rewarded for Mm -hmm. it as well that they add value Exactly. So, so all very good points there. 
We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Marty about some of the techniques. We obviously can't go through all of them today, uh, and you'll have to get the book in order to, to find out all of her, her suggestions. But I want to go through a few of them. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Breakfast, a time to bring your family together over thick-cut, slow-smoked farmland bacon. It's savory, delicious farmland breakfast sausage. Every strip, every patty and link brings the sizzle. Breakfast is served. Come and get it. Farmland, passion for pork since 1959. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at IThinkBigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at IThinkBigger.com. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Marty Stanley. She is a business consultant, speaker, coach, writer, and we're talking with her about her second book just released called From Type A to Type T, How to Be a Transformational Leader in a Bottom Line World. And Marty's been talking with us about the concept of transforming from that type A focused on the bottom line, which we're also familiar with in business, to being a leader that embraces collaboration, uh, has strong employee engagement with the with the people that they work with. And what I'd like to turn to now, Marty, is some of the techniques that you talk about in the book, particularly those uh, from an organizational perspective. Can you go through some of those with us? Sure, I can. One of the things when I said earlier is that what's important is that a leader have a vision, a vision of where they want to go. So an organization or a department of a large corporation could have a vision of what they want and how they want to serve their constituencies. So you always want to start with a vision, but then drilling it down to a more practical level. You want to make sure that with it from an HR standpoint, for example, that all of the policies and practices are aligned with what that vision is for the future. So, for example, if you think about uh, a lot of companies have core values, and the ones that come to mind that, that are real um, misalignment um, can lead to disaster. So, for example, companies like GM might say, well, we're all about uh, innovation or we're all about integrity and serving our customers, but yet they release um, cars that had major defects and so there was a misalignment there. Mm-hmm. So, and we can find lots of examples of that. 
But what happens in organizations, and I just want to emphasize, you know, there's nothing wrong with the bottom line. Uh, it's, you know, profitability is great, and right. we want that. However, it can be often done to the exclusion of what's healthy for an organization on the long term or healthy for the employees. So when you look at it from an HR standpoint, are the policies and practices aligned with the kind of culture that you want to create? And that includes how are you hiring people? How are you interviewing people? Many of my clients, and what we've done is we've created as part of our vision, we'll create a vision statement and then specific words, which would be like uh, core values. But the CEOs have started interviewing employees based on their keywords. We call it keywords. So, for example, if one of the keywords is um, professionalism or integrity or uh, in one of the hospitals I worked with, it was uh, caring and compassion. So they would interview the candidates and say, tell us about an example where you had to uh, provide caring and compassion in your job under difficult situations. So they're incorporating the interviewing process and they're incorporating all of their core values or their vision of the future so they can make sure that the people they're hiring are going to fit with a culture. It's not mm -hmm. just in the past, the type A's probably want to just get a body in the door. Just get me a body in the door, you know? And that's not what the transformational leader is going to be about. They really want to have people who are going to be part of the team, people who are contributing, people who are a good fit. So it starts with how are you interviewing and selecting people? How are you onboarding people? You know, yes. so many times when somebody starts a job, do you know they may not even have a place to sit. Nobody introduces them. Nobody shows them where the bathroom is. You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> it's all part of the culture. And if you say you have a culture that's inclusive and, you know, one big family and all this kind of thing, well, are you really demonstrating that? So, are, you just, are you demonstrating that, yes, you're a family, one big family, but you're a dysfunctional That's family. exactly. You know, right. We're going to ignore you now that you're here. Um, <laughs> so it starts with that. How are your compensation practices set up? Are your, is your compensation system designed and rewarding the performance and the behaviors that you want? And many times people say, well, they're doing the job, but they're really not a good team player. Well, you've got to be looking at both. So how is your compensation system set up? How are you rewarding people? What's your bonus structure? Do people know what that is? How are they getting performance feedback? Are they getting performance feedback? Mm -hmm. uh, all of those, that might sound very simple, but this is one, when you talked about um, employee engagement, People want feedback, and particularly the millennials. They want a lot of feedback. They're not right. going to settle for, well, nobody told me what to do, and I figured it out. You're going to have to figure it out. That's not going to work. They'll jump ship. They will be gone. So you really need to be looking at an, your benefit package. What a boomer wants, a baby boomer wants for a benefit package is going to be very different than somebody who's in their 20s or 30s. So are, do you? Are you creating benefit structures that are flexible enough that's going to attract and retain the key people who are going to serve your customers? So right. th those are a couple of the things that organizations really need to be taking a close look at. Because if you have just a standard benefit package or a compensation program, and do people know how they get compensated? Do they know what the structure is? I worked with one organization, a large organization, and uh, Actually, it was a national company with over 4,000 employees. And when I interviewed the people in the field, the regional managers, 
about compensation, they said, well, it's a big mystery. We really don't know how it works. <laughs> you know? oh so, so what you want to do is, are you creating an environment where it's inclusive? People understand? Is there transparency? And that builds trust. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I hear often, and it's really a, a point at which the culture and the bottom line uh, clash, mm -hmm. and that is when you have an employee who is very, very, very good at what they do, whether it's sales mm -hmm. or whether it's some operational position, but they really contribute a lot when mm -hmm. it comes to the organization in terms of effectiveness for the bottom line, but they are just horrible when it comes to working with their teammates and, and yes. just the way they work within the organization. And I, I hear from people who say, I, I really would love to get rid of this person and, and maybe get rid of is not the right mm -hmm. word there. But, but you know, I'd, I'd love for this person not to be here, except for I don't know how we can do without them. They're, they're contributing so much to the bottom line. What do you do in that kind of a situation where you've got a top performer and it really in spite of themselves, they're a top performer because they're obviously not working well with anybody else, but, but yet they're bringing so much to the organization from a bottom line perspective. Right. And what I say to the managers or the CEO in those situations is it's taking that person's approach is taking a toll on everybody else around them. So they might be contributing. Maybe it's your top salesperson. Uh, they might be contributing to the bottom line, but there are how many other people who are impacted by this negative behavior. And I'll give you an example. I've, several companies I've worked with, they've identified what I call the A, B, and C performers. The A performers are the ones who are, you know, they're just rock solid. They consistently exceed goals. The B performers are steady. You know, they're just steady. They do their mm -hmm. job. They do it well. It's not outstanding, but they get the job done. They meet sure. expectations consistently. Dependable. Right. Mm -hmm. The C's are those um, either prima donnas or the people who are always marginal. What happens a lot of times is managers spend most of their time working on the C's. And I say, work on your B's. Work on the B's because we want to keep the B's from becoming C's and maybe help them move to an A. Mm -hmm. But the C's, what you want to do with those people, whether they're a good performer that contributes to the bottom line or a marginal performer that's dragging everybody else down, you, you set the goals, you set the expectations, whether it's in terms of uh, production or in terms of behaviors. You can actually have those conversations. This is not acceptable behavior. And, you know, in terms of how we serve our customers or how we talk to each other, you have those conversations, set the expectations, you give them feedback, and then you do the progressive discipline approach, and they know. Then they have a choice. They, and you make sure they have the training, you make sure they have the tools, and the opportunity to improve. If they choose not to, then the only thing you can do is terminate them. But the point is, what you want to do is make them aware give them tools and resources so that they can improve, and then it becomes their choice. And right. I will, I'll tell you, when Kelly, I've worked with a lot of organizations that want to shift their corporate culture. And what happens, and when I tell them up front, I say, you know, as we shift the culture, there are going to be some of you who stay, and there are going to be some of you who are going to leave. Some of you are going to leave by choice because you don't want to be part of where the organization is going. 
and some of you will be asked to leave. It's going to be your choice, though, because we're going to give you every opportunity to get on board with where we're headed in the future, tools, resources, information, and then it becomes your choice. And right. it, it makes it so much easier when people realize that they're the ones who are deselecting themselves. And I think what you'll probably find uh, is that even though you thought this person was such a high performer <laughs> and, and doing so much to bolster that bottom line, that when you factor in the toll it's mm -hmm. taking on some of the other people who may not be able to do their best work because of that person exactly. and the time it's taking of your managerial staff, that maybe their contribution wasn't as big as you really thought it was. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, M Marty, there is so much that we could talk about today, and time has flown. Obviously, there's a lot more that your book covers, and if anybody would be interested in getting a copy of it, how would they do so? Okay, there are several ways people can get the book. One is you can order it through my website, which is www.alteringoutcomes, that's A-L-T-E-R-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-O-M-E-S dot com. When you get to the website, there's a tab that says Type T Book. And just go there. You can order the book from there. You can go on to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or the publisher is Balboa Press and balboapress.com. So there are lots of options uh, as a way to get the book. You can get it in an ebook, which I think is $3.99. The soft cover is $17.99, and the hard cover is $35.99. So from type A to type T, and you can get that on Marty's website at alteringoutcomes.com. She has other, a lot of other information out there about her services and how she can help you. And your other book is also available there too, right? Get yes. Out of Bed? Yes. Yes. And I highly recommend that book as well. It, it is a wonderful, um, it has exercises in it too. So it's a very hands-on practical book, but both of those are available through her website and I really encourage you to go out there. Marty, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate all the insight that you brought. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be here. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.